I am delighted to welcome William Ammerman, author of The Invisible Brand, Marketing in the Age of Automation, Big Data and Machine Learning. William has a storied history, previously Global Head of Advertising for Frankly Inc. and Managing Digital Advertising for hundreds of TV stations. Among other interests, he runs a class on AI at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Now, William, to your book, The Invisible Brand. Could you explain a little about the title and its Adam Smith roots, please? It was important to me to help people understand that artificial intelligence has been at work changing us, changing you invisibly, and you're not aware of how it's been changing you. And I wanted people to be able to see how this invisible force is at work in their lives. And as I was thinking about other references to invisible forces working in people's lives, I recalled Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations, in which he posited this invisible hand at work in economics. And I thought, hmm, what rhymes with invisible hand? And then I thought, well, invisible brand would be a good uh, parallel to that. And that became the title of the book. And it's really designed to help people see that there are forces at work in their lives that are changing them and that those forces are oftentimes uh, brands. They're marketing brands, they're consumer brands, but they're also religions and governments and uh, political parties that are at work changing the way you think, changing how you vote, changing what you buy and how you behave. And artificial intelligence has been powering that for years. And I think I'm right in saying you wrote the book in 2019. Is that correct? Yeah, I actually started writing in 2017. It was published in 2019, won a lot of awards, and is more relevant today than it was then. I think that consumers have been exposed to generative AI products like ChatGPT and have suddenly gotten excited about AI. But the reality is this powerful technology has been around and powering marketing technology for years and years. Uh, programmatic advertising is a good example. All the ads that came to us, the billions of ads that came to us on our mobile devices were uh, largely powered by artificial intelligence algorithms that were determining what ad to put in front of you at one specific moment in time. Uh, but that same technology has been powering what types of information to put in front of you, what kind of news content to put in front of you, what movie recommendations to put in front of you. And they've really been changing you because what you don't realize is that not everybody gets the same information at the same time. People get very different information. You know, when I was a kid, we all got the same news off the same six o'clock evening newscast. We got the same newspaper delivered to our homes. So the news seemed to be the same for everyone. Today, people get news that is tailored just to them and their likes. And we carry around these little phones, what I like to call these little black mirrors, that reflect back to us our own predispositions and create confirmation bias and filter bubbles that prevent us from seeing beyond the limits of our own preconceptions. And on that note then, 
What's the motivation when you originally wrote the book? Because you mentioned in your introduction, you're not trying to scare people. But certainly after I read a few of the chapters, I was thinking, hey, I'm, I'm pretty scared here. So what was the motivation? Why should people buy this book? Well, I came out of the digital advertising industry and I recognized that this new technology, artificial intelligence, had the power to manipulate people at a level that has unprecedented power. Um, mass hypnosis in a very customized way. And I wanted people to be educated about that. And so my driving passion was to pull back the curtain, to show them the invisible, to explain how this magic works, to make it more accessible, uh, but to also help people protect themselves against it. So both to explain it and make it more useful, but to also help people guard against its dangers. And speaking of which, you invent quite a few terms in the book, which I like. Um, one is Google Neuer, which is a, a pretty neat one. And also psychotechnology. Could you just unearth a little about the psychotechnology? Word? Yeah, so psychotechnology is a portmanteau, a combination of two words, psychological and technology. And what I was trying to get at is that this technology operates on us psychologically. And it does that by combining really four uh, technology innovations. One is the personalization of information. Information is now personalized just to you. Toby gets different information than William. Um, and so this personalization of information is new. The second is that it's become highly persuasive. Persuasion has become a science and algorithms can figure out how to persuade us very specifically. The third is that we are now dealing with technology that is personalized to persuade us and it's able to learn how to do that better it gets better over time and finally it's human-like it relates to us using natural language processing we can talk to it we can actually go to chat gpt and have a conversation so if you boil that together you're dealing with psychological technology or what i call psychotechnology that is personalized and persuasive it's able to learn and ultimately it relates to us at a very human-like level and i can see how that applies for what i might call mass marketing now my particular audience in general is going to be business to business technology big ticket items big ticket companies can you see this kind of ai psychotechnology invading every aspect of marketing Absolutely. Um, and e maybe even more so in the business to business realm. We're at a point where the business to business world was, you know, for years relationship based, you know, it's you know, big deals struck on golf courses. You know, you, I'm going to get my uh, sales engineer together with your guy and they're going to go play golf and hammer this big deal out. Um, today, a lot of that is accomplished by planting the seeds in the mind of the buyer using this type of technology. We can reach more and more business decision makers and identify them more accurately. Who's the decider? You know, who ultimately signs the, you know, signs the contract and pulls the trigger on this? Well, AI is better at ferreting that out than oftentimes even humans are. 
And so targeting those individuals, targeting the decision makers and placing information in front of them that convinces them that we're the biggest, we're the best, we're the brightest company to do business with is something that AI is very good at. We can actually blitz that person's phone, blitz that person's, all that, the, the, the marketing consumption that that person does will suddenly be flooded with information about my company, the products and, and how great we are. And that delivery mechanism is powered by AI algorithms. In the book, you range from Google, AI, Aristotle, Plato, robo-advisors for the stock market, and one of my favorites, the tricorders from Star Trek. Now, for me, the book actually seems much larger than branding. You've even got a chapter, The God Algorithm. So how do you see the future developing? What's, what's the big question? What's the last thing you'd like to leave listeners with? Well, let's take the last point, the God algorithm. I, I really believe that humans have a religious impulse, um, this desire to reconnect with the larger world, the universe, our creator, call it what you may. And I think that algorithms become very good at harnessing technology to be able to connect with us and empathetically um, deliver information that may change us. And we may become very persuaded and very dependent. In a sense, we may make a god out of artificial intelligence. Whether we're consciously doing it or unconsciously doing it, we may turn to AI as a companion, as a soothsayer, as an advisor, as a cleric, um, and even as a god to help us advise our lives and to shape who we are. And I think that's a vulnerability that we need to be aware of and um, possibly guard against some of the potential uh, for manipulation uh, by people who might not have our best interests at stake. William Ammerman, thank you so much. If only Douglas Adams were still alive, you, you guys would make such a combo. I should say that on the cover of the book, it says a must read for managers and policymakers. I can tell you it is. It's absolutely magnetic, this book. Thank you again to William Ammerman. Thank you so much. It should have said, don't panic on the cover. <laughs> it should have said, don't panic on the cover. Available from all good bookshops and, of course, Amazon. Thank you so much, William. Thank you.